it's asking a lot for an average moviegoer who doesn't really care about how a film looks uh, wants to see people get kicked in the crotch. Uh, this is who we're dealing with. And I say this because the number one watched thing on Netflix ever is Ridiculous Six, yeah, which is a, that Adam Sandler movie. Uh, yeah. That These are that. the people that we're dealing with. Welcome to Pulp Fiction. This is the one inspired by Quentin Tarantino, the man who gave us our name. We review this week The Hateful Eight, Tarantino's eighth film. And uh, Jacob, how about you give me that trailer? Got room for one more. They call him the hangman. When the handbill says dead or alive, the rest of us just shoot you in the back and up on top of perch somewhere and bring you in dead over a saddle. But when John Roof, the hangman, catches you, you hang. Get in, boys! This here is Daisy Domergoo. She's wanted dead or alive for murder. When that sun comes out, I'm taking this woman to hang. Is there anybody here committed to stopping me from doing that? Well, well, well. Looks like Minnie's haberdashery is about to get cozy for the next few days. Yes, it does. One of them fellas is not what he says he is. Move a little strange, you're gonna get a bullet. Not a warning, not a question. A bullet. Thank you, man. Here is the summary of The Hateful Eight. In the dead of a Wyoming winter, a bounty hunter and his prisoner find shelter in a cabin currently inhabited by a collection of nefarious characters. I am Brandon Rabar, joined by Jacob Crisp and Rachel Jameson. We are collectively Pulp Fliction, and I'm going to give this over to Jacob, and uh, how about you give us that cast um, from The Hateful Eight? <laughs> oh, all right, cool. You're asking Jacob like... for a lot of things. <laughs> give me that trailer. Give I me like that I cast. I always dominate the intros. I'm going to spread the wealth. That's nice. Sorry, delegate. Yeah. Ah, the cast stars Samuel L. Jackson, Kurt Russell, Jennifer Jason Leigh, Walton, Walton Goggins, Tim Roth, Michael Madsen, and a collection of others. <laughs> um, I think we're all, well, y'all are huge Tarantino fans, yeah, right? I mean, I'm, yeah. Remind both, me on the favorite directors list. Is that something we want to spoil if someone ever wanted to go back and listen? He's pretty high uh, up in yeah, 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 he's. Um, I think he was my number one. Yeah. I think he was my number two. <laughs> Was he my number one or two? I feel like he was your number one as well. I think he was. He's yeah. definitely he was in your top five. Oh, he was that. I couldn't remember if I had him <laughs> one or two. Yeah, I think he was my one. I yeah. need to go back and listen to our <laughs> top five to see where I had him ranked. Uh, anyways, we love Tarantino. Yeah, we were all pretty excited about it this yes. year. This movie. Were we yeah. pretty excited about this movie? Oh, I was pumped for it. Okay, yeah, Rach? and I know you were. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And the trailers we talked about on the show before right. were so kind of misleading. Well, there but, was the one trailer that came out. I'm still having that was really confusing. That. It. it I still don't know what that trailer is. If you read the comments on it, 
No one is putting anything out there that is saying this is goes to something else. Most people are just saying, I want to watch this movie too. I don't care who directed this movie. <laughs> I haven't actually rewatched it now that I've seen it. I just rewatched it again after seeing it. Is it still not it. make any sense? And No, it makes zero sense, but it looks so amazing. <laughs> I want to see that movie. Yeah. It looks so good. It's so weird. we got to get to the <laughs> bottom of if this. If you know what we're talking about, just you know, obviously type in uh, Hateful Eight trailers. And it'll be like Hateful Eight trailer number one. And it's got about a million hits on it, maybe four million. But... Enough to where it comes up pretty quickly, and it's just the strangest. It's all in slow mo. It has doesn't have any of the actors that are in that are yeah. actually in the Hateful Eight. It's, it's, it's almost bizarre. like it was an elaborate troll, troll job by Tarantino, which right. makes perfect it's, sense. Yeah, it looks yeah. really cool. I mean, it looks it looks too good to just be a joke. It's right, just yeah. very bizarre. They wouldn't have spent that much money like yeah. on the production of that trailer for it just to be a joke. It looks cool. Anyway. So between that coming out and, you know, then we had the actual trailers come out and it's like, okay, that's the Tarantino we know. I've been pretty stoked about this movie all year long. Yeah, for sure. Now the reviews started coming out a couple of weeks ago and I started getting really nervous. It did temper my expectations Same yeah. here. for this one. Same here. Yeah. Well, because we're used to seeing Tarantino's film, like, you know, if you use Rotten Tomatoes as a source, be in the high 80s or the 90s. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the reviews started coming out um, and... It was hitting right about 75, 76. I was like, ooh. I mean, that's still like, you know, overall a positive, you know, consensus. But nothing like what Tarantino normally is. I don't know. I feel like he is so hit and miss with the crowd. You have your fanboy Tarantino. And, and he's he's not my favorite. I, I love his screenplays, you know, but he's not my favorite director. He's not in my top five. But I cannot ignore the writing. He's so good at oh, writing yeah. dialogue. Yeah, he and, is. And I and I, you know, when you really think about it, who are the best screenwriters that we have these days? I can only think of two: him and and, and uh, Paul Thomas Anderson. Oh well, okay. Uh, uh, the Coen. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> so there's say, quite a few of them. I was going to say Kaufman. Oh yeah, Charlie Kaufman. Kaufman. Yeah, Kaufman. So I, I think Charlie Kaufman's the truest screenwriter that we have. And then next, I would put Tarantino. Um, other than that, you know, there's not a whole lot you can think of. Not, nothing like there used to be. Right. So right. anyway. I just didn't know what to expect after hearing the reviews. And when the movie started, I didn't realize it was as long as it was either. Oh, but that's Tarantino. I mean, really, for the most part, his movies are are pretty. So I expected that. I Mm -hmm. did, too. Uh, Now, I'm curious because Rachel and I both watched the special 70 millimeter presentation. Did you watch that? No, I didn't. Speaking of its length, did yours have an intermission in it? No, it didn't. Okay, I didn't think so. That was what was kind of cool about ours. Yeah. Um, they gave us a booklet when we came in. It was a Hateful Eight booklet, which was really cool. Full color, lots of pictures, a lot of you know notes on the That'd production. That would really cool. It. I would have loved to have seen that. Uh, I it think still? it might uh, – yeah, I think the book is in my car. But I think they're actually still running it. Uh, I AMC. still want to see it. I still plan on seeing it. It just kind of depends. There's a lot of movies that, that right. I feel like are right. released right now. And, um, but I do think that they are. Last time I checked, I was going to go see a movie with a friend, and she hadn't seen it yet. And I was like, "Well, if we can see it in seventy millimeter, I'd see it again." Yeah, yeah. Uh, we and, tried. It and when I checked, where we were at. It, yeah, it was a limited thing. But uh, I do think it is still here. So tell me then, for for the, for the casual viewer who didn't get to see it in seventy millimeter, where is the intermission at? Crap. Is it is it before <laughs> is it, is it, is it before or after the coffee gets uh, poisoned? Actually, that's exactly where it was. I that was, was a cliffhanger. You know that it got poisoned. That's right, but you didn't know. Because you know, there's the different chapters. It was at the end of the chapter where you find out, and then you, there's the intermission that's and it right. comes back. And, that's and, right. And 
Tarantino doesn't did he do the narration on yours? He did, yes. Okay, that's why it comes back with Tarantino's narration, okay. which was interesting because he had it narrated in the beginning of the movie. Right. No other time did he narrate, mm-hmm. but the, that's right. I figured it was either there or when. Um, Samuel L. Jackson got shot and Goggins was on the ground and he oh, was yeah. looking around. I thought that may have been where it was too uh, because that was it was a all slow late. motion. Right. And then the very next cut was earlier that day. Yeah, so well, I thought yeah. Maybe that makes sense. Yeah. But it okay. was pretty that late. That was pretty late. Okay. But, but you're right. Coffee. That would have been a good spot. Yeah. Okay. Okay, so what did I think about the movie? I thought it was awesome. I loved it. Yeah. I, I, I have my problems with it here and there. Uh, to those who have seen it, I, I really think it read like a play. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are times when it became too play-ish. Like, right. did you ever see the movie, um, actually with uh, uh, Christoph Waltz as well, uh, Savages? Yes. Yeah. Okay, two, and that's a base of a play as well. Yeah. Right. Too play-ish. Yeah. And uh, there are actually points in Glengarry Glen Glenn Ross, just a couple where it was too play-ish. And there's the same thing here, especially in the opening scene where uh, Kurt Russell was... Uh, on the stagecoach, and they just kept talking with, with him out in the, with uh, Samuel Jackson or yeah. Walton Goggins out in the snow. It became it was just too wordy, too much. Just talk, 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 and so that kind of got me a little bit. Uh, the only other parts was that you know when it went to that when it cut to earlier that day, I was like, well, geez, I feel like I've been in for two hours, and that's when I looked at my watch and I pulled my phone out and I was like, oh, this is a three hour movie. Yeah. yeah, I had no clue it was that long. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, if you the don't intermission that, no thing would it. be great. Right. Yeah. I mean, I, I would have got some more popcorn. I mean, it's, yeah, I did wonder if cool. it felt, did it feel long without an intermission in it? It did only because the first hour was a little long. Okay. The second half was, you know, the yeah, movie it, it definitely yeah, picks up. There's really no yeah. action in the first hour. Yeah, exactly. So because you didn't get the intermission, there's a lot of, a lot of dialogue. Yeah. You know? Uh, well, but, and especially, you know, and we've talked already about how we love Tarantino dialogue, but this one was especially dialogue heavy because there was no changing of settings, really. There's really only two settings right. the entire movie. And so the entire – and there's not nearly as much action. So, you know, his other three-hour movies, you know, they're – when you're changing scenes and settings and, and building atmospheres and things like that, you know, there's moments of movement and things like that that are filled. But this was constantly – Filled with dialogue and talking, right? Yeah. And and that never really dragged. It didn't bother me a whole lot. There was just one point where I was like, "Golly, like we're we're just now getting to right." Well, that I didn't day. know if that is what jogged your memory. Like, yeah. oh, so how far are we really into this movie? Right. So I didn't know if it was that, or you looked down because you're like, "Man, this is starting to feel really long." No, I did. So. Now, now the buddy I went with, he was a little bit kind of bored with it, but right. then again, that second half kicked in and it. Went, and uh, it was a lot of fun. Was he a An- casual? Another thing about it was, uh, I, thought, I don't know, James has pretty good taste in movies. <laughs> okay. so, um, but he doesn't get a chance to watch them as much as we do because he's got a kid. Oh. Boo. <laughs> <laughs> um, but we all have our priorities straight here. <laughs> one, more, one more thing I want to say about my experience. So we had a great audience. And specifically, mm-hmm. there was a guy in back who had the best cackle laugh. <laughs> and pretty much every time he laughed, I laughed. And when I can get going... Like, so I was laughing, a guy next to me was laughing, all because the guy in the back was laughing. That's awesome. And it was a smaller theater, but it didn't matter. Like, we were catching the jokes. Right. And uh, there, were some, there were some really good, hearty laughs yeah. in there. And it was. It was funny. I mean, I mean, that's Tarantino, and he still finds a way, even in this kind of desolate, you know, setting, and it's the, for lack of a better word, Wild West, uh, it's a Western, mm-hmm. and he still finds a way to bring a lot of humor into it. Rachel, what were your overall impressions? I liked it a lot. I do understand people's complaints, especially casuals, which I guess is what we're calling them now. <laughs> yeah, I, I came up with that. Uh, I'm kind of happy with I'm it. I'm cool with that. Uh, yeah. 
but it had it has all those characteristic Tarantino things. It's going to be a dialogue heavy. Um, at some, I did think I was like, "Wow, this isn't very bloody," and then that got fixed. Yeah, uh, <laughs> fixed. Um, yeah, but it was some, it was everything yeah. I expected from a Tarantino movie. I thought it was a lot of fun. I don't think that it's his strongest of the strongest of all of his movies, but I I liked it more than Django. Um, I liked it more than Django as well. I actually before this show, I actually ranked all his movies, and technically, he's got eight. But I divide the kill bills, right. so he's got nine, and this was my fifth ranked one, so it's right. exactly in the middle. Yep, that sounds about of his where movies it would land, for me. land for me as well. Um, mine goes Pulp Fiction, Reservoir Dogs, and Glorious Bastards. First Kill Bill, then Hateful Eight, then I have the second Kill Bill, uh, Django, uh, Death Proof, Death Proof, and Jackie Brown. I would probably switch Death Proof with uh, Django. But other than that, that would be my list. See, as I've got well. Django really high. I love Django when I saw it in the theaters. I have it at a ten. I I, I love really Django Unchained. I mean, I, I liked didn't care it a lot. that much for Inglorious Bastards. I liked half of that story, and I didn't like the woman in the red dress storyline. Right. But there are some really good things out of Inglorious. I'm not a fan of the Kill Bill movies. I appreciate what he's going for, but having seen the Death Proof movies, and um, but of course I like his first three, Jackie Brown, and right. you know those right. Reservoir yeah. Dogs and Pulp Fiction. Yeah. So um, where this ranks, so I, it's. It's probably going to be around four or five for me, three, four or five, something yeah. like that. Um, I, it was just a fun movie. And, you know, the last couple of movies of his, I really, really enjoyed. I don't know if it's because they're more period piece. Not that Inglorious Bastard didn't. Yeah. Right. Uh, so period like piece. I said, I just, I just had that problem with Inglorious Bastards, but I just have loved his last couple of movies. See, it's kind of how I am with Wes Anderson. Um, I like oh. his last couple of movies, and you don't like them as much. And I didn't like Tarantino's Early last Tarantino, couple of movies yeah. as much as his previous ones. Really? But I say that, but I still, I, I mean, know, I gave thing, this a like, higher, but I love all in Tarantino's mm-hmm. movies. So when I, when I have it ranked fifth or sixth out of his, I mean, but I mean, I like all nine of them. So yeah. I was, I was going through because our list is going to be our top five favorite uh, Tarantino scenes. Mm-hmm. And um, I actually was just going through a movie clips and just watching scenes from all the movies. There's so yeah. much that's available on YouTube. It's yeah. great. And I'm just going, God, Tarantino's movies are fun. They're a lot. That's <laughs> so they much are. Fun. That's the thing. They're unabashedly fun. What what makes them so great to me is they're fun, but they're still at the same time smart, well written, well made, well filmed, all those things. Like you got he has all the technical aspects. The music is always great. Um, and he creates great stories and characters and, and there's all these interweaving stories and all those things. But every single one of them has been fun. He's got to be the number one pop culture director in the last 20 years, right? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I, I, and really, I mean, I I mean really, he kind of changed else. the game as far as pop culture film directing goes. I mean, he's influenced so much since then. Um, you know, and, and kind of the movies nowadays reference so many other movies and TV shows and just pop culture. And he was kind of the first to – not that movies before that didn't reference other – but he like – Soaked his movies yeah. in pop culture because his were so raw. I yeah. mean, maybe yeah. that had something to do with it. You know, yeah. I, I really think when I compare him to John Hughes, there's something there. And yeah. when it comes to the pop yeah. culture aspect, it's just John John Hughes is the G-rated version, and right. he's the R-rated version. Yeah. Um. Okay. Well, were there anyone in is like specifically that y'all that you that you enjoyed this like? Oh yeah, we went actors. off on the Tarantino rant. Yeah, we where did. We need to talk about Hey Flay. Um, <laughs> uh, you know, Samuel L. Jackson is is always good. I mean, and, and always I delivers. His, and he always delivers. 
uh, <laughs> Rachel and I were talking uh, off air about his his story about Bruce Dern's son. I had that was the best was, best scene of the movie. In my <laughs> it, was, it was a fantastic. I loved. It. I Rachel laughed for kind of days. Thought it went too no, far. I no, I, I was. Oh, just, it was hilarious. I, it was. It's like I was really interested in it, and then I just got distracted by like. How far is he going to take this? Oh, I thought you got yeah. distracted then, by the size of that guy's balls. <laughs> that's, I just, uh, that's all I could laugh about for days was Bruce Dern's face and the size of that guy's nuts. Bruce Dern's face was great. But see how Jackson delivered the story so well. Oh, it was fantastic. So but I was like, how far is it? just keeps going. Yeah. And it just keeps going. Yeah. <laughs> You'd be surprised when a man that cold would do for a blanket. You want to know what your boy did? I pulled my big black pecker out of my pants and I made him crawl through the snow on all fours over to it. Then I grabbed me a handful of that black hat to back his head. And I stuck my big black Johnson right down his goddamn throat. And it was full of blood, so it was warm. <laughs> oh, you bet your sweet ass it was warm. And Chester Charles Smithers sucked on that warm black dingus for long as he could. <laughs> what would you do for a coat for a blanket? <laughs> so, I don't think any other actor could have delivered that as well. There's better uh, actors than Samuel L. Jackson. He's a really, really good actor. But yeah. There are better actors, but I don't think there's a single actor that could have delivered it. Tarantino makes did. great things for Samuel L. Jackson. He does. Man, I laugh. I laughed great so period. hard at that scene during the movie and for I'm serious, for days after that we were jumping around <laughs> the car. And I was like, all I could see is that guy's pair of, you know. <laughs> oh my god. I didn't even notice him as much. As you did, <laughs> could quit looking at him They're right there. <laughs> Just wait till you see him in seventy millimeter. Oh, They're bigger man. than seventy millimeters. <laughs> uh, um, that was—I thought that was the best scene in the movie. That was a there great. There are some scene. other great scenes, but that was my favorite. And Samuel Samuel L. Jackson's always—he's always, you know, and in, in this, he's intense. He's what's cool about him is you, you know you can't really figure him out throughout the entire movie. Um, you know, because he seems like a really good, upstanding, good dude. But you know that he's kind of have a, a little bit of a checkered past. But you kind of forgive him for it because you know where he's coming from. You know, being a, a black officer in those days and mm-hmm. all that. Um, but then you know, kind of as you get to know him more, you kind of like him more. But there's kind of a seedier side. Uh, I don't know. He's he's a really great character. Kurt Russell. Uh, I love Kurt Russell. I, I loved love Kurt, Kurt Russell on this. See, he, was he was the only one I didn't really care for really? in this movie. I his loved acting him. or his character? His his acting. Really? It was his act. I was really, really surprised at it because uh, obviously Tombstone. Yeah. Uh, I have been an advocate for um, a, a Bone Tomahawk this year. Yeah. Right. He's great in that. He he has that that country hick accent down i mean he i think he yeah. naturally talks like that do you think he was too kurt russell in it yes i can see that he was he was the only thing like he was kind of himself like he didn't really 
I liked his character a lot, and I love Kurt Russell. Oh, I see I what, you're see what you're saying, saying now. Like, no, I just thought his 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 dialogue was. He was the only one whose dialogue was real choppy and didn't seem natural. Really? Yeah. See, I didn't get that. I could see how you thought. Maybe I thought maybe you thought that he was just kind of almost himself. He was like, a little Kurt Russell. I can see he, that. Yeah. But I like Kurt, Kurt Russell, right. so I didn't have an yeah. issue with that. Yeah, I really but. can't complain, but that was the only actor. You know, I can't complain about him, but that was the only actor of the whole movie that it really kind of you know caught me off. It distracted me from everyone really? from Interesting. the movie. Interesting. Yeah, it I wasn't terrible, but it was just enough. Um, you know, uh, but he had a cool character. My, what I could say about him, my maybe my complaint with he didn't quite seem to fit the. He seemed a little too contemporary, like the way that he maybe. Yeah, like I kind of believed everybody was in that setting, and he kind of seemed to be a little bit more contemporary to me. Uh, but I want to talk about my favorite character, actually. You know, even though acting wise, I, as far as actors go, I like Kurt Russell and Samuel L. Jackson more. But my favorite character in the whole movie was uh, Walton Goggins' character, yes. the sheriff. Okay, do you all have much experience watching Walton Goggins <laughs> from Justified? Justified. See, we started Justified. We never, and and I've heard so many times how great he is. I like. I've yes. heard yeah. like he is the best thing about the show, and I believe it because we watched the first few episodes, and I could already yeah. see that. And he was in uh, Sons of Anarchy. He actually played. Yep. A transvestite in uh, <laughs> Sons of Anarchy, uh, but he was awesome. He oh, was, I could, he I could was just really see him doing it because he's such a—he's kind of an outrageous. He's like a poor man's Jack Nicholson in a way. Yeah. Uh, see, like, yeah. and I never got to see the Shield, but the, he was supposedly great in the Shield right. as well. Yeah. And had a lot of recognition through that. He's a that. great character. So I really actor. was excited to hear. Was looking forward to hear what y'all had to say about I, him. He was my fa- favorite character in the whole movie. I thought he was. You know, you kind of meet him and you kind of think he's a slime ball and he's kind of the antagonist <laughs> to Samuel L. Jackson uh-huh. and Kurt Russell. But he's so interesting. And then as you get to know him more, he becomes actually the funniest character. Yep. In a movie with, with actors like Samuel L. Jackson, Kurt Russell, and Tim Roth. Yeah, who Bruce did Dern. Yeah. Bruce Dern, uh, Michael Madsen. But it was Walton Goggins who was the funniest dude yeah. in it all, especially there at the end. Well, he kind of became... The main character. Yeah. yeah I, I mean, at the end, he so, did, yeah. Actually, I love that about this movie. You didn't know what was going to happen to anybody. No, yeah. It was completely... Fair game. And once they... You know, we do spoilers here. Once they killed off Kurt Russell, it was like, oh. Yeah, I was like, crap. Yeah. Right. Because you felt up to that point that Kurt Russell was kind of the main character. And, yes. they, and they did that to yes. the very, very end. Yeah. You know, all the way... I mean, even when Walton Goggins was sitting there listening to Jennifer Jason Lee, like... Who was you know, great. You know, she was great in it, but like yeah. trying to convince him to... You know, let them go. I mean, mm-hmm. you were like, okay, is he going to? Like, yeah, actually, he did a very good job. That was my favorite scene in the whole movie. Was the very the end. Yeah. Yes. When she you, turned it on and started talking a yeah. lot, it was like, I was like, oh wow, she's really convincing. Yeah. Oh, she's gonna get now nominated. I see why she's up for Golden Globe. Yeah, and she might she might be the favorite for best supporting actress this year. They say that there's a couple of them, but she's she's one of the heavy hitters. Yeah. Uh, I just think Walton Goggins' charm. It's so yes. it's, it's it's pretty rare. It's so rare that you can turn on and off um, between being a bad guy and a good guy. Yeah, right. he's very good at that. He is. And he's got a lot and of. He, and he does it all throughout. Justified. He's got a lot of charisma and screen presence. Yeah, and you know it's it's interesting not to be what, it, but he's not that good looking a guy. It's not like right. he's an ugly dude. But typically he's, the guys that have features. a lot of charisma and things like that, they're kind of good looking guys or mm-hmm. whatever. But he just has a natural screen presence and charisma. Yeah. Uh, was he so he was our favorite character was he your favorite character Rachel or who was yours I really don't know I liked him a lot though I, it was a great you know we, we did ensemble pieces uh, last time this was a great ensemble really because yeah. you could at different points I think you know you talked about Walton Goggins becoming the main character I think at different points him Samuel L. Jackson and Kurt Russell 
role and marrying characters. Well, I, I think point. this would be a great uh, choice for our, our list last week. Yeah, absolutely, um, definitely, especially with the direction it went with Kurt Russell. Yeah, uh, so very much. Um, I don't. So uh, let's talk about like Tim Roth, Michael Madsen, and uh, uh, Damian B- B- Bashir. Bashir, yeah. Do you think that Tim Roth's character was written for Christoph Waltz? Because to me, oh, good call. It, it seemed like a Christoph Waltz yeah, character. It did. And it, it really, really did. It seemed like he was doing his best Christoph Waltz it did. impression. And, That's and a I don't good know, call. Right? Like, think about his character now. Like, that seems like that should have been Christoph Waltz. Okay. Let me. Okay. I just forgot. About, I read this uh, a couple days ago. This movie was originally supposed to be a spinoff of Django Unchained. That's really? where the bounty hunter thing comes into play. Huh. And so really? there's a very good chance that that, that was supposed was. to be Dr. King Schultz. Interesting. That, that is makes sense. Inter- that makes total sense. Yeah, I forgot about that. So Boom. Nailed it. I had no idea. It just seemed like... <laughs> but that's a great just, observation. Thank you. Thank you. That's what I was thinking the whole time. I was like, this seems like a Christoph Waltz character. Yep. Uh, and I enjoyed go. him. And, That'd be and, pretty cool. That was like a spinoff character yeah, role. That's really neat, actually. Um and he was really good. He uh, his character was cool because you again you didn't know. That's what was great about this. It was a mystery. It was mm-hmm. really kind of a murder mystery, uh-huh. and you didn't know really who to trust. You know, they're all set in this setting. None of them really trust each other at all. But you're the same way. You're like, well, I don't know who to trust either. Um, I thought that was really well yeah. done. But Christoph Waltz, I didn't know whether to trust him. And I thought the reveal when we find Christoph out. Christoph Waltz. Or, <laughs> <laughs> Tim Roth. We just go with that. Yeah. I thought Tim Roth was great. In this he was, he was. was all over the map with his acting ability, which yeah. he can be a great actor. He is a great actor. Yeah. There's really not enough movies of Tim Roth because, I don't know, there's something about, I don't know why he doesn't, I don't know, maybe he's it's just, just. It's just like he seems like, think of all those movies, great movies, and it seems like they're all Tarantino movies, right? Uh, yeah, but like, you ever seen like Rob Roy? You've yeah, Rob oh, Roy. he was great in he, Rob Roy. He's a great bad guy in yeah, Rob Roy. Yeah, he was. Like, clearly, he, he's got acting chops. Yeah. Oh, he does. Uh, I thought it was nice to see Michael Michael Madsen yeah. in a movie. I mean, I, like, if he has done have, stuff in a while, he's been, been doing a, like long a bun- time. bunch of direct-to-DVD stuff. Really? Yeah. yeah but I have thought, like a weird soft spot for Michael Madsen. I don't know. I really like Michael Madsen for whatever reason. Do you think it's because of Reservoir Dogs? It might be. How about Donnie Brasco? You know, yeah, it could be. It could be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I have I have Maybe like a the, weird affinity for him. He just him. has a cool a coolness about him. He, he does. You know, he and does. So even it's kind of this, nice to see him again. Even in this, yep. it was really really cool. And obviously, he's kind of the one that the other characters and I think the audience kind of gravitate towards. Like, oh, this seems like a shady dude. But mm-hmm. again, that's just kind of Michael Madsen. I think. I think that's just kind of like the aura he gives off. Yeah, definitely. But it was. It was it was pretty cool. Actually, I thought it was almost so obvious. I was like, you know what? He is just going to be a farmer, and it, it might be. <laughs> yeah. You know, I thought the most obvious was uh, Bob, the Damien Bichir character, yeah. Yeah. who was hilarious. He I wish was I could hilarious. understand half of what he was saying. I think that was the point <laughs> of it. But like when he said Cabrona or whatever, I wish I could say that and make it sound as cool as he did. Yeah. It was awesome. He His character he was, was a great. lot of fun. I wish... I almost wish he had a little bit more because it was so much fun listening to him talk. Yeah, he he was a lot of fun, uh, and he's a good actor. I mean, uh, I know him from A Better Life, uh, which was a really good. I think it was a it was a Spanish language film. Well, I was going through his. I didn't know. I'd never heard of him. I didn't know anything about him. I was going through his resume. He was nominated uh, for an Oscar for it. He was apparently in Che. Yeah. Um. You know, The Heat, A Better Life. I don't know any of these movies. I, obviously, I know Che. I've never seen it. Yeah. Um. A Better Life was that it's a foreign film, but I was, was going to say I saw actor, a Better Life. He was he was really good in it. He was. Um, it's it's definitely a movie worth seeing. Cool. Um, but no, I I really really like this movie. Oh, and Channing Tatum. Uh, well, I was going to say up. we need to yeah. bring up it was Channing a nice, Tatum. Nice little um, 
I don't know, cameo in a way. Uh, and and it was his best dramatic acting he's ever done. I mean, uh, you know, the scene where he yeah. has where he threatens Bruce Dern, basically, where he tells him what's up. That was cool. That was uh, good. That was, that was, I think, personally, the best dramatic acting I've seen from him. I know Jacob's a big fan of the Magic Mike movie, so I can't attest to... <laughs> Never even you know. seen him. <laughs> Honestly, Bruce Dern. I, I'm a big fan of Bruce Dern as well. Mm-hmm. And I, he was one of my favorite characters in this as well. But that's just because he has such a look about him. Yeah. Like I said... That scene with him and Samuel L. Jackson, his face, the <laughs> mortification. I mean, it was <laughs> yeah. classic Bruce Dern. Just, you know, you don't know if he's going to explode. Yeah. It was awesome. It was There's something scene. about Bruce Dern where he just kind of gives off this. You feel bad for him, but at the same time, he seems like a huge jerk. He's too and good almost at being, everything. Yeah. Same, being grumpy old same man. Same with Nebraska. Nebraska is the yep. same exact thing. He was a jackass, but you felt really sad oh, for him. Yeah. He was a jerk in uh, Big Love. Yeah, yeah, you know? he was. Yeah, so he's he was. just too good at Like, Do you remember Dickstown? I mean, oh yeah, the fighting movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, he's he's movie. good. At that. I don't know. Yeah. It's because he got like this squeaky, weaselly voice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now, did you feel bad for him? Like when, like, or did you kind of want him to die? Wait, uh, and let me tell this. You know, uh, let me ask this to both of you. Do you think that Samuel L. Jackson's story? I don't think I was going to ask you the real. exact same question. Do you think his story was real? One, I don't think it was. I don't think it was. Do you think he even killed his son? I I, I kind of I don't know. I, I don't even know if he ever even met his son. Yeah, I don't. I don't think so. <laughs> he, he was solely doing it to yes. get him to try to shoot him so he could kill him, and it was yeah. awesome. And it was awesome. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, no, I, I didn't really care if he died or not. I, I, for me personally, because I really enjoy Bruce Dern, it was like, oh, I wasn't ready for him to die yet. Yeah, yeah. that's basically it. So another thing I want to mention: one of my favorite scenes is when, uh, when uh, Kurt Russell finds out that Samuel L. Jackson's letter from Lincoln was a lie. He's so upset. <laughs> his feelings were so hurt. He, he even admits he even admits to his feelings being hurt, which is hilarious in the setting, you know, because he's like badass and like, you know, Western, you don't admit that. It's like, did I hurt your feelings? Like, yeah, actually did. <laughs> I thought that was like, and he throws the soup in uh Jennifer Jason Lee's face. I just thought that was really funny. And I actually kind of felt bad for old uh, hangman. Um, I, I don't know why I thought it was this is gonna sound wrong, but I thought every time Kurt Russell hit uh, Jennifer Jason Jennifer Lee. Jennifer Jason Lee was really funny. For some reason, because she would just say something and he had no reservations about just punching yeah. her in the face as hard as he could. Like so every great. single time. That girl took a beating. She, yeah, did. she did. Oh, but she I just love that there was no hesitation at all because she was female. Yeah. Like, <laughs> and I think, you know, I mean, it was either, he could have just killed her. So, I mean, I guess <laughs> he was still kind of letting her but, off easy, but. Well, and I really love the way they ended it and that they still hung her because he's the hangman and that's what the hangman would do. Yeah. There was like still that respect for a lot of not really respectful characters. I agree. Yeah. Uh, but I thought that was the per. I loved the ending to it. Like yeah. the last 20, 30 minutes of that I movie. I absolutely loved yeah, it. Was, it was awesome. Yeah. Let me ask you, let's kind of switch it up a little bit because I'm curious about this. Um, a lot of people have a couple problems with the sensationalism in this movie, specifically the N-word. Oh, yeah, yeah, I've heard that, I've that, that really complaint. bothered me. It was it was just a little too overdone for me. I, I mean, mean he I, he does love the N-word, but this movie he <laughs> is. 
especially yeah. went for it. Apparently, like Django's so. his number one. He says it that much. I, I would have thought it would be this. See, but Django, no, Django was the about setting, the topic. Yeah, Django that makes the, sense. The, the, was the, about the, slavery, so right. I assumed that would have a lot of the inward Right, so in this it. stuck out more. Yeah, it did. And that, that, to me, it was just a bit much. The only other thing also was, uh, you know, look, I don't care about the blood and, and how they do it, but, you know. Well, it's Tarantino. If you yeah. walked into a Tarantino mo- movie and didn't expect that kind of blood, then that's kind of on you. Well, and I think he went overboard this time because the build he wanted a big payoff. Yeah, there the- was no blood for two hours of a movie, and this is Tarantino we're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, if I'm going to make you wait for blood... It's going to be worth it. Oh, Trust me. And it was. Yeah. So I, I was fine I with didn't, the blood. That didn't bother uh, me I actually thought it was cool because I, I honestly, while I was watching, I was like, oh, he's doing this because he made us wait for it. So yeah. he's he's going to yeah, I was totally give fine us a great payoff. But I, I will agree with the use of, of the N-word was a little, even as a Tarantino fan, I'm like, come on, Quentin, you're going to... Little overboard this time. I get that using his abusing his powers a little. Yeah, because <laughs> you still would have had the same. And I and I know why. I mean, he can kind of justify it because you know Samuel it was Jackson's that time. character and that time, and and it really does kind of make you hate the characters yep. that are using it so loosey goosey and so, and so I get that. But he still could have kind of scaled back yeah. a little bit. Tarantino doesn't care. That's true. He just re. In Glorious Bastards, he just rewrote history. Yeah. I mean, he just does whatever he wants to do. It's well, Tarantino. You get the feeling that, like, as he's writing, like, ah, I might get a little bit of crap for all these N words. No, f them. I'm going to add more. Then <laughs> yeah. that's probably part of the rewrites. Yeah, yeah. and when probably... I shoot balls off. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, I didn't have a problem with the blood at all because I I expected it and all that. But you know, I just wanted to bring it up because it ha- I have seen other places. That's yeah. That's legitimate. So did you see the did you see the the budget and how much the movie's made so far? And it's got to be because of Star Wars. I was really surprised on it. So it was, the budget was sixty two million dollars. It only made four point six opening weekend, and so far it has only grossed thirty three million. Well, so the opening weekend though was just a limited seventy millimeter release, which was only in fifty cities. I, oh, I guess I forget about so that. So that's kind of a stuff. little so that's a little that's skewed, skewed on yeah. the opening weekend. But I'm with you. It's a little now. I don't know when it got released. Why? So actually, I'm. Like last week, I it's think. Just, yeah. It's just disappointing, and it just goes back to my argument. There's just so many movies are coming out, and I just wish they could someone like The Big Short and uh, some of these movies could just get more screen time. And look, yeah. I love Star Wars, and I'm happy it broke records and all but that But I don't stuff, know but... if the average moviegoer is like, yeah, I want to watch a yeah. movie about the economy failing in 2008 or whatever. Like, I don't know if The Big Short was going to be a huge draw anyway. Yeah. And... I, how I don't know what Tarantino movies typically get. I don't know what what that typically looks like. So I don't know if this is down for him or if this is par for the course for Tarantino. Because I do think that he's an acquired taste. I don't think that the average person will go in and really enjoy a Tarantino movie, this especially is, this, this is, one because it's so text heavy yeah. and three hours long. Yeah. It's asking a lot for an average moviegoer who doesn't really care about how a film looks. Uh, wants to see people get kicked in the crotch. Uh, <laughs> this is who we're dealing with. And I say this because the number one watched thing on Netflix ever is Ridiculous Six, yeah, which is a, that Adam Sandler movie. Uh, yeah. that, I didn't these know are that. the people that we're dealing with 
So I don't know how well Tarantino would actually go to th- – that's the audience. Well, so this is if- down for Tarantino, but I think it will have good legs. Star Wars is kind of black holing the entire – just sucking in the entire box office right now. I say that, though, and Daddy's Home is about to cross $100 million, and it hasn't been out that long. Sisters is doing pretty well. It's creeping towards $70 million. Look, Hateful Eight will probably, I'm going to guess, end up with around – 70 million or so which is a little down for tarantino but this isn't as you know kind of um mainstream as is that you know because in glorious passes for instance all right well you got brad pitt in it i was That's gonna a say- draw right there and it's about the subject matter is a little bit more you know wide appeal westerns for one aren't as mainstream right. they don't make as much money and um and honestly given the trailer and I, it, think, it, and it I don't think that people really know what it's about. Exactly. And they see Tarantino and they want like, you know, modern day pop culture, all that right. stuff. And you see a oh, Western. That's kind of weird. What's Tarantino? So maybe it's not as. Which is funny since he bases a lot of his stuff off of spaghetti Westerns. That's yeah. like his thing. But yeah. um, one thing I've noticed this year or in the last couple of years, but really this year, a lot of Westerns have come out. Yeah. Now, personally, I love Westerns and I know. That they don't bring in the crowd anymore like they used to. Right, yeah. But it's been really nice to see a lot of Westerns, whether, honestly, whether it was in an animation film, The Good Dinosaur, if it was yeah. a horror film, Bone Tomahawk, That's or true. we have, uh, you know, this one here. There's one of them that came out I can't think of. Anyway, but it's just, it's been kind of fun. It's been, yeah. Oh, Slow West was another oh, one. Like yeah, an indie, West. like an indie uh, Western. Yeah. I really enjoyed that for me. I hope other people have as well. See, but I mean, like, you know, Good Dinosaur obviously made a lot of money because it's a Pixar movie and sure. it's about dinosaurs. Sure. But I mean, Hateful Eight is, is a little bit down from Tarantino's normal. And then Slow West, you know, is a total indie. Didn't make anything. Bone Tomahawk, total indie. No didn't one even make knows anything. about that movie. Right. Yeah. But, but you know, I'm with you. I'm glad. I, I watch all the Westerns that come out. Um, yeah. So anything else you guys want to say about Hateful Eight? Nah, go see it. Go, it's, go see it at 70 millimeter. I, yeah. I'd like to go do that. and. It, sit for the three hours. The second half is a good, good laugh. Oh, it's, it's very entertaining. It's a lot of fun. It's a it's a slow burn, but the payoff is, is absolutely, absolutely worth it. it. Yeah. All right. So, what have you guys been watching this week? It's the segment of the show where we talk about a few movies or TV shows that we've been watching lately. Jacob, what have you been watching? Um, y'all know this because I've been traveling quite a bit this week, so I haven't really got a chance to watch a whole lot. But you know, we would get in the hotel room kind of early in the night and throw something on TV. So of those, I'll just say that I watched uh, Shawshank Redemption, Green Mile, and Galaxy Quest. <laughs> <laughs> what an odd... Co- like, you got, like, the prison theme going, and then you throw in a Galaxy, Galaxy Quest. <laughs> so it's like, you know, I won't talk much about Shawshank. I've seen the movie a hundred times. Uh, I have not seen the Green Mile in a long, long time. Yeah. And uh, I don't know if it holds up as much as when I first saw it, but I still think it's a really good movie. I don't know. How long has it been since you've all seen it? I haven't seen the Green Mile. Since it pro- came out. Yeah. I, I probably haven't seen it in, yeah, 10 Gosh. years. Probably 10 years. I've seen yeah. it once since it came out. Yeah. You know, I like Green Mile. I don't love the Green Mile. Um, but, it, I mean, it's a good song movie. Well, I, th- I believe it was Frank Darabont's follow-up movie to Shawshank Redemption. It was. Plus, you know, Stephen King wrote both of those movies or right. those stories. And so I think it had a lot of buzz behind it. Now it did, I, it did get nominated for four uh, Academy Awards. Right. Which watching it now, it's like really, but maybe that's because of the buzz behind it, right? Um, you know, Michael Clark Duncan was one of the ones that was nominated yes. for it. Um, there are things I still like about it. Remember when I put uh, Percy in my one of my uh, 
honorable mentions for the antagonists. Yes. Wow, even more so. He's like watching it, you know, kind of fresh. He's a good villain for sure <laughs> in that movie. Um, I won't talk much about Galaxy Quest. It's actually it's just a fun, funny sci-fi. I it is seen fun. It in a while. And uh, for anyone and who's never watched Weaver it, it's pretty hot, isn't it? Oh, she's smoking in yeah. it. Yeah, it's just weird for me to say that about yeah, her. Yeah, I know. Like, it's bizarre, but uh, for anyone who's never seen it, it's like a total spoof off of like a Star Trek kind of. Yeah. Um, it's unexpected. Tim Allen is hilarious in it. Yeah. The whole casting is great in it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it was just a really kind of just clever. I don't know. I don't know, would you say it was under the radar back then or not? No, I mean it came out of nowhere, but it actually became a hit. Like I mean it was it was a fairly big hit back when it came out and I remember being really surprised by it because Yeah, it looked I, awful. Yeah, yeah I didn't it think actually, it was gonna be any good. Yeah, it and it was terrible. really funny. It came out in nineteen ninety nine. So anyway, if you run across it and you just have nothing better to do, it's it's worth a watch for sure. It's got a lot of great practical effects in it too. Oh of course, yeah, it's got a little bit of uh, old school CGI, so you, it's noticeable. But it, some of the practical effects it has in it are still pretty good. So that's about it for me. It made seventy two million back in ninety nine. So I mean, yeah, it was it was a hit. Nice. Yeah. Uh, Rachel, what have you been watching lately? I actually watched a few things this time. Um, I saw Daddy's Home. Which I'm not going to spend a lot of time on, but it was funnier than I thought it was going to be. Same here. I, it was funnier than I thought it would be. Um, I, I'd say I got two solid laughs out of it and a <laughs> handful of chuckles, which is pretty good for comedies these days, especially yeah. for for Daddy's Home. I mean, it didn't look like a great movie by any means, but it has some charm to it, and uh, it's one of Will Ferrell's better movies in recent years. I'll say that. I would agree with that. I would agree. And and him and Mark Wahlberg are a good... They're fun together. They're a good couple. So, I mean, if you're you're just like, man, I kind of want to watch a comedy, it's decent. I gave it a seven. Uh, I also saw Sisters, another current comedy that's out, and really kind of the same review. It's pretty good. Uh, I think a lot of that comes because Tina Fey and Amy Poehler are so good together. I think if it were two other female leads in that that didn't have the same chemistry that they did, it wouldn't have been very good. Yeah. Um, no, I agree. They they made the movie. They did make the movie, and I, I love them both so, so much. So I ended up giving that a seven as well. But it's I think it's worth seeing. I'd recommend it. Uh, but the other one I want to talk about is a movie that I found on Netflix that's called Trash. Uh, it is a foreign film. But it is really, really good. It's about some kids in Brazil and they're they're really poor and their job is to just dig through trash and find things of value. Um, and so there is a wallet that, that has gone missing that has uh, important information in it and the government is after this wallet and these kids discover it and realize that they have something that's really important and then their journey to try, try to figure out exactly what they have and why it's so important and uh, it it was a really good movie. Actually, it was nominated or it won the BAFTA for best best British it. film. <laughs> actually, it was best foreign language. I think oh, or okay. film so, not in English gotcha, is gotcha, what gotcha, it was. Gotcha. Actually, yeah. yeah. The it director went, Stephen Daldry. I was just going through his resume. It's pretty legit. Yeah, he's yeah, yeah he's he's got a good multiple res- Oscar nominated yeah. type. Um, uh, it's very well made. The, we're talking about the the hours, uh, the reader, Billy Elliot, and I hated extremely loud and incredibly close, but that was up for best picture too. And he himself has been nominated for three Oscars. Yeah, it's wow. a really well made movie. It's a really interesting story. Um, if you watch Narcos, 
uh Wagner Mora is in it who plays um oh my gosh brain fart Escobar Pablo Escobar oh gotcha. the main person in Narcos <laughs> um Rooney Mara is in it there's not oh, a lot of recognizable yeah. beyond the two of them there's not a lot of recognizable cast and it really centers around these three kids which you haven't ever seen but they're three good little actors I need to see so, that so uh, I recommend if if you're a foreign movie watcher, I recommend it. It really was an interesting story. I gave it an eight. It's not like a one of the best foreign movies I've ever seen or anything like that. But for a random discovery on Netflix, it was really good. Uh, I enjoyed it. Didn't feel long. Well made movie. Well acted movie. Interesting storyline. So yeah, good recommendation. I need to watch that one. What have you been watching, Brandon? Um, the ones I want to hit on. I want to talk about Joy, the uh, Jennifer Lawrence, Rob De Niro, Bradley Cooper movie. Of course, David O. Russell um, directed this one. You know, they've had so much success, Silver Linings Playbook, uh, the three of them, Bradley Cooper, Jennifer Lawrence, and David O. Russell, and then American Hustle. And so when the movies were announced that were coming out this year and, you know, all the pre Oscar buzz this had a lot of it because people thought that they would you know hit gold again um, but the reviews were really kind of mixed which was really disappointing everybody thought that this was going to be an awards worthy movie and uh, so I was really curious I was like okay so I've kind of considered David O. Russell a little overrated um, you loved American Hustle I liked American Hustle a lot but I didn't love Silver Linings Playbook I liked it <laughs> I didn't love it. I just, I don't know. I, I've, and it, I liked American Hustle a lot, but I don't know. People were praising David O. Russell so much. Fair enough. Um, but yeah, I, I'm an American Hustle fan. Anyways, all that to say, uh, so I was really curious about this. Now, do you guys know what the premise of this movie was? Actually, I was just about to ask you. I don't this know anything a, about it. The, the trailers were so misleading. I thought that this was going to be a story about this girl who kind of like, you know, rags to to crime riches. I thought it was going to be like my impression was she kind of had a hard life and she turns to violence and kind of becomes almost like a Scarface, like uh, you know, sits on top of the world. That's the impression I got. What it's actually about is it's the true story of the of the woman who created the Miracle Mop, the and huh. you, you know the Miracle Mop infomercials that were. You know, big in yeah. the 90s and all that. She's the one. She invented basically the mop that is self. Uh, yeah. Uh, self rinses or rinse, rings. Drain, yeah, yeah. Yes. Uh, yeah, you, you twist it, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's a self ringing self uh, mop. And they sold it on QVC. You didn't work much when you were 16 years old, did you? <laughs> no. <laughs> but they, yeah, they sold it on uh, QVC. And this is her story. Um, but that's not the impression I got at all. And it's a. Jennifer Lawrence is good, and she's getting she's really the only one from this movie who came away with a lot of praise, and I can see why she was good. Um, but the movie is so kind of it's like David O. Russell didn't know what to do with this movie. He's like, okay, so it's about a woman who invents a mop and becomes a millionaire. She comes from a really poor background, but how do I make this interesting? More interesting. So he kind of <laughs> like he it's like he can't decide whether to make it. Do I make it a comedy? Do I make it a drama? Do I make it like this intense? Uh, it was a strange movie to watch. But he does that with all his movies. They're all comedy I was going to say but that But this was... one isn't as cohesive. It's okay. like the, the elements don't mix it. Like it doesn't work. Like the comedy doesn't hit. Like 
I'm like, well, are you trying to be funny here? Because it's not really funny. This is the problem I had with American Hustle. I did not find it to be funny at all. And everybody thought it was hilarious. See, I thought American Hustle was really funny. See, I didn't get the comedy in American Hustle at all. And therefore, I I didn't like it as much as everybody else. I even watched it like three times because I was like, I'm just missing something. I thought American Hustle was really pretty funny. I only thought Bradley Cooper and... um Redhead, what's his name? Comedian. He was funny. That that's really oh, about it. Yeah, yeah. Um, Louis C.K. Louis C.K. Yeah. Um, but Joy was just an odd movie to watch. I want you guys to watch it. Just to you know, she's going to get nominated. The movie's not going to get nominated for anything now. Like people thought that it would. Robert De Niro's not going to get nominated for anything. Uh, her family's pretty terrible to her. Um, I heard, and, and the screenplay is just so weird. Like it's almost like Misty said it really well. So I'm going to, I'm going to cheat off of her because she said, I was like, you know, that was kind of perfect. She's like, it's almost like as if the real life person wrote her memoirs. And it was like all the highlights of all the crap that she went through, like all the miserable times. And so it's like highlight after highlight, like crap, crap, crap. Then all of a sudden she admits the miracle mob. Yeah. That's weird. That's kind of what I've heard. The main thing that I've come, like the main idea that I've got from people that I've seen it is that it's kind of depressing. It is. It's a bummer of a movie. And that's why I think David O. Russell didn't know what to do. Like, like it was bummer the whole time, but they tried to add some comedy that didn't work. And then it's kind of supposed to be inspirational at the end. We're like, well, we've watched like two hours of just like her getting crapped on. Crap, right? And now you're telling us that. But she know, invented a mop. Life. So everything's cool yeah, now. It was. I can see now why it's gotten such mixed reactions. Um, so that's joy. The only other thing I want to talk about was the Stanford Prison Experiment. Nice. I've been wanting to watch this. Um, I liked it. Do you know about the real life case? Uh, I only from what I've read based off of this movie. And I heard the movie is a far fetch of it. Well, okay. I've so okay. What's the movie about? The movie is about this real life experiment that took place in the sixties, or the sixties or seventies, um, at uh, at Stanford. Let's <laughs> 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 not say at Harvard. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's basically about this psychiatrist, and I'd read about this experiment like years and years ago. I like went down a rabbit hole of Wikipedia. Um, but basically, the psychologist takes these college students, the volunteer, they get paid. Uh, some of them are going to be prisoners. Some are going to be um, war, uh, guards. And it's kind of random selection, which is going to be which. And the idea is over two weeks to see how those roles in the prison environment affects people. So he basically simulates a prison setting. And the, the results were really shocking um, you know, when they came out because the guards really kind of got went overboard with their power. The prisoners kind of felt like real prisoners, like it was still starting to get to their heads and and it escalated so quickly. Uh the trailer is intense. Yeah, and the it's movies, been in my queue for a while, so I you're the first person I know who's actually talked who's talked about it, seen it. It's a good you know, it's got really good reviews. Um it's and actually, I mean, I, you know, of course, I like, I think all of us do. After you see a true story, you look up to see how true it was. And I actually felt like it was really pretty, oh. pretty close to the real story, um, especially as far as, you know, movies go. I think it stuck really close to the to the real storyline. Uh, it's definitely worth watching. I don't want to give too much away, but it's intense. So you liked it? I liked it, yes. Overall positive review for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. So worth watching. So that is what we've been watching. Be sure this was 
the episode where we reviewed The Hateful Eight. So in honor of Tarantino, our top five podcast this week, we're going to count down our top five Quentin Tarantino scenes of all time. This is Pulp Fiction. <laughs> 